Welcome to the MI Hunting Podcast. And with spring here and leading into summer, it's really starting to feel like this calm before the storm. Alright, welcome to the MI Hunting Podcast and thank you for listening. So this episode is really not going to touch on too deep of topics or get into really any deep conversation. I really just wanted to do this one as I'm looking at my schedule and what I need to get done over the next, really the next few weeks. And it it's going from where I'm kind of in a standstill where there's not a lot going on. It's really just kind of looking ahead to what needs to be done over the next month, month and a half really. And it looks like that schedule fill is filling up pretty quickly. But before we really get into, you know, things that are up and coming, I do want to touch base on a couple of things from this past weekend. Now I did mention on a previous episode that, you know, there's a couple of events that I had highlighted. Now I did attend both those. So the first one was a turkey hunt seminar um, that was put on by the Midwest Michigan branch or NDA branch. And that was put on by Andrew Millern. Um, if you remember him, he was with Iron Way and he does habitat improvement and consultant um, and that type of work. So it's really nice to be able to meet up with him. I also ran into a, a longtime friend of mine who I really hadn't seen in several years, really. Uh, I got to touch base with him. And it was really good just kind of uh, sitting down and you know learning a little bit more about turkey hunting and you know, getting some perspective of other hunters that, you know, how they approach it, what they, you know, what their questions are and really gave you, you know, some perspective on things to think about. You can sometimes get stuck in your own ways and your own head of how you want to do things or your own thought process. It's really great to be able to hear some perspective from other hunters out there. And then uh, the other one was the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, the Traversy chapter. They had their uh, annual banquet. That was an absolute blast, really. You know, it, it it was really one of my first ever real, you know, large banquet. And, you know, I felt a little out of place when I first got there, uh, you know, especially having, you know, no real his, re, history with ever elk hunting or anything like that and not knowing a ton about elk and elk hunting in, in that realm anyways. But everyone was great to talk to. There's a lot of people that attended. Uh, a lot of passionate hunters and people that really, you know, really just came out to have a good time uh, and to support a good cause and raise some money for the organization. So they had some really great food. Again, they had, they had tons of raffles and auctions and whatnot that you could really partake in. And there was a lot of people that won a lot of great prizes. Uh, I myself had took part in the uh, live auction. Uh, my wife, Kim, she, you know, had... A couple items that we both kind of, I guess, that we kind of had a, our eyeballs on. And, you know, ultimately the bidding got above our price range for some of the items. So did a couple bids on a few items, but quickly got outbid. Uh, but I ended up on the very last item of the night, ended up uh, winning the auction for uh, a new saddle. So on that saddle was from Tubor and... Is a, a little bit different style of saddle than I had previously purchased with Latitude Outdoors, and 
you know, a little bit different styling, a little bit different fit and everything like that. Uh, one of the owners was there at the banquet and, you know, he is a, a local guy, you know, basically a couple of, t you know, towns over, not too far away from me. So it was really cool to, you know, get that, get that item and have it be from a local guy. So we actually, uh, probably here in the near future, we'll meet up and, you know, he'll give me some more tips and pointers of, you know, how he goes about with his saddle hunting, because uh, he's certainly been doing it a lot longer than I have, along with uh, another co-owner. And we'll sit down and really just talk saddle hunting and hunting in general, especially here in, you know, Northwest uh, Lower Michigan here, which will be a great time. And, uh, you know, always fun to be able to sit around and talk hunting with people. So that will be uh, certainly an upcoming episode highlighting their product and just like i said talk hunting really so i have to pause real quick because i forgot to mention of uh, another event that is coming up this saturday april 16th is the trek light release with trekking outdoors at the upper hand brewery in escanaba michigan it was another one of those events that you know it's a great way to meet up with fellow outdoorsmen and have a good time, talk hunting, talk fishing, whatever, really, and ha just have a good time. Uh, it's really interesting that they, you know, partnered up with a brewery and uh, ended up with their own beer for the Trekking Outdoors team. So I did want to mention that, and I hope to, if anyone's in the area or willing to take the trip up there, I hope to see you there. That's it for the update, and let's get back into it. But then, so let's dive into what's coming up in the next few weeks certainly here within the next really what week and a half or so turkey season opens up here in michigan uh, which will open up the 23rd so if you're a turkey hunter you've got you know that to look forward to in the next couple of weeks hopefully if you're planning on going out you've done some prep work you've been able to scout get your gear in line you know make sure that you've you know, pattern your shotgun if you're using that or been practicing with your bow if you're going to utilize that. You know, hopefully, especially if you have one of the earlier seasons that you've scouted out your areas, you got a pretty good idea of, you know, where the turkeys are roosting, where they're going to be going to strut, their travel corridors, that type of thing. At least start to, you know, be getting out there more and more to be able to locate different turkey groups. And have you know have a game plan in mind of how you're going to intercept these turkeys, especially if it's an area that you've hunted before. Then you kind of have that historical data that you can rely on as well. But certainly make sure that you focus in on you know where the where the turkeys are, you know in the moment as well. I ran into that last year where I had scouted, found a ton of turkey sign, found where the turkeys were, and then a week later when it came time to the season that I had available showed up and the turkeys were gone. They had absolutely vanished. So within that week's time, you know, there was tons of turkey sign to there was no sign of turkeys. So make sure that you're paying attention to that because things could change quite rapidly um, as the weeks progress. And then as well, as part of getting that gear together, you know, if you haven't in a while, start practicing with your turkey calls, get proficient with that again. You know whether you're whether you need to get some new calls. So if you've got some old diaphragm calls that have been you know left in the 
in their containers and they're getting old and nasty and dried out and musty. Maybe it's time to pick up some new ones, start prepping your slate calls, your box calls, making sure that they're in good working order and they're ready to go. And like I said, start practicing with those calls because the last thing you want to do is get out there and start trying to call and sounding terrible because you're out of practice. So in this year, I honestly wasn't too eager to go out turkey hunting this year. I really wanted to focus more on fishing. But my oldest daughter, who has been kind of wishy-washy on wanting to go hunting, you know, I've offered to take her out hunting before. Uh, she's been kind of interested in it, but uh, really, she's she's not really on board with it. At least for deer hunting, anyways. You know, really, her thing right now is uh, she really can't really hunt for anything that's really cute. So, you know, deer, uh, you know, deer are out of the question. Squirrels are out of the question. You know, having this conversation with her, she said, "Yeah, turkeys, turkeys aren't cute. They're ugly." And I even said it bluntly to her, basically, that you'd be okay with shooting a turkey in the face. And she says, yeah, I'm okay with shooting a turkey in the face. So, so, uh, you know, I do have a 20 gauge that, you know, and I had tried having my daughter shoot a couple years back. And it just seemed like it was a little bit too big of a gun for them. Their grandpa, my dad, he ended up uh, buying a 410. So... We're going to take that out, let my oldest daughter get some practice with it. And we're going to try our luck at doing some turkey hunting here for for the season that opens up in May there. Give us plenty of time to be able to try to find some birds and give her an opportunity to see if uh, we can't harvest one. And then again, in the next few weeks, a lot of the fishing is going to be opening up and starting to ramp up as well. You know, right now, the steelhead... Depending on where you're at, people are getting into some steelhead. You know, here, it seems like it's still a little snow. We're a little slow uh, being up here a little bit further north. Uh, But in the next few weeks, that should be starting to ramp up as well. More and more fish will start piling into the rivers, and that fishing should get pretty good. And then at the end of the month here, trout season is going to open up for being able to, to be able to harvest trout, as well as even pike. And a lot of those lakes that are still a little ice covered are going to really open up. So you can go back to fishing out on the lakes. That's one thing I'm going to put more focus on this spring is probably with the fishing. I've gone out a couple times so far trying to do some steelhead fishing. It's been pretty slow. haven't had any bites. But really, this is really my first year of really ever trying to do any significant river fishing. So I'm just taking advantage of the slow time, getting used to the equipment and the techniques, and really just kind of learn how to navigate the river and find, you know, find particular holes, how to fish them a little bit. So kind of learning what's a good plan, what's not. So, you know, if some of the, you know, one of the rivers I went to is quite flooded. So it's been hard to get to some of the holes to be able to try fish. So you know, it's one of those things that, you know, do I just try to wade out there uh, or wade along the shoreline and fish the holes I can? Or is it time to bust out the boat and be able to get into that, to those holes I can't really cast to or can't really walk to anymore? That's some things to look into in the future. Putting more effort into, you know, trying to fish the river, really. So in this month as well, been getting the bow out, shooting it, and starting my 
kind of my summer routine of you know getting into my practice routine. Now, I've talked about this a little bit before, but really I like to start out every year. I start out at essentially at 20 yards, usually this time of the month. And every month I start backing up more and more and more. And the idea is by time hunt season comes along that I'm able to shoot twice the distance of what I'd really feel comfortable with shooting at a deer. So really that's ideally, you know, it for me it's 30 yards and in. But again, certainly at that point with practicing, I'm looking at feeling comfortable or being proficient at shooting at 60 yards. You know, if I'm feeling good and shooting at 60 yards with a nice tight group and I'm consistently hitting, then I know at 30, then that should be a pretty easy shot to make and be consistent with it. And then also with the, with practicing with, with the bow, you know, now's time where it starts ramping up to where I'm looking into making sure that I've got plenty of arrows. So I'm looking at picking up some more arrows, making sure they're still tuned properly, getting some new ones fletched, exactly what broadheads I want for the year. If I'm going to use the same ones I did last year or try something new or go back to something I'd used in the past. As well as looking into making sure that, you know, the string is still good. You know, after hunting season, it could be gotten beat up quite a bit. Make sure that it's in good working order before we start really slinging arrows. And then really that's looking at doing some upgrades on it. On my bow particularly, I was looking at getting the new Prime inline, but it looks like that's not going to happen this year. So I might look into doing a couple upgrades on some of the accessories on my bow. You know, I had considered looking into getting a sidebar or a back bar for my bow because I do like to shoot with the quiver on my bow um, just for being able to keep everything together. If I'm doing any type of running gun or uh, ground still hunt or anything like that, I like to have everything right on the bow and ready to go. But with having that quiver on with the arrows, it does cause a little bit of counterbalance issues. So we're gonna look into potentially adding something like that to just help stabilize that bow, help slow down that oscillation or, or help balance it out to where I can make sure it's level a little bit easier. So it's adding so, some of those mechanical advantages to being able to help improve your accuracy with the bow, you know, that's gonna help your help you when it comes time to uh, you know, proper form and shot execution, as well as help keep those shot groups smaller by making sure that the mechanical aspect of it is solid. And then you have the biggest variable is just the human element and not all the other mechanical factors that could be causing that bow to not shoot properly or causing those groups against, I guess, essentially to open up and have, you know, inconsistencies. So I might be looking into a new rest, new stabilizer, and might even look into a new site as well. And then once we get into early to mid-May, then it's going to become time to uh, plant my spring slash summer cover crop. Now this is something that I do, or I started really last year, and that's to essentially keep a, basically to work on the soil health and to help keep, you know, basically make it to where I can have you know, a little bit better success when it comes to my fall plot. Utilizing the technique that I do, you know, I basically put down that spring cover crop. It provides some food, adds nutrients to the soil, adds more organic matter. And then when it comes time to plant my fall crop, I can put down my fall seed, terminate, lay all that 
summertime plants on top of it act like a mulch layer and then by having a diverse blend in there it can help increase some potential nutrients so I in the comes to fall time I'm using less fertilizer helps keep, keep down the weed growth I can use less herbicide in the long run as well and then some of it around the borders especially I will keep let it grow up let some of those plants seed out create grain and I can use that as somewhat as a nursery crop um, as the fall green plot starts to come up to where that helps not being over browse. I did see that that was a bit of a benefit last year where some of the plants that I had left up that started maturing, those plants really got hammered before the greens really did. So it just helps those plants not get over browsed too early. And I think it really paid off in helping make sure that my fall food plot was a bit more successful in that regard. And then also it comes time to doing some additional habitat work. So you know, down at the farm, you know, there is a quite a bit of autumn olive and uh, bush honeysuckle. Some of the areas have gotten so thick that it's starting to get pretty ranked to where um, it's really taken over the area. So we're going to go through and remove some of those uh, invasive plants to allow for a little bit better diversity in some areas. Also going to do some edge feathering at on primarily my main food plot, you know, some of the brush and trees and bushes and everything that have really grown up and start encro you know, encroaching onto the, the field. So I'm gonna go through, cut some of that back, set back the, that field edge a little bit to where that field, you know, doesn't start getting crowd, you know, overran with, you know, basically the wood line. So we're gonna be busting out the chainsaw, doing some chainsaw work also, Got another property that is a very small property, it's about 10 acres spot as well. Gonna do some more work on that to try to develop that as well. Plan on doing another episode, really diving into exactly how I'm gonna approach that small parcel to try to get the most out of it with uh, a limited amount of acreage. But that'll be for another time. But that's really, just really the start of things to come in the next few weeks. Now, certainly those are the, some of the main things that have come up in my mind really in just in a few weeks I've been thinking about, but I know there's more to be done because this is, it really feels like this is the time to get a plan in place to be able to start ramping up um, as the spring continues and as we lead into summer because you know, it's one of those things that you, it's going to be a fall before we know it and you know, you're going to look back and wonder where, where all the time went uh, and that you didn't get done as much as that you had hoped for the year. So there's a good little friendly reminder to get your plan in place, get your ducks in a row, and start preparing for the things to come. Because again, fall will be here before we know it. So and with that, I'm going to wrap this one up. And as always, get out there, be safe, and have fun. <laughs>